Good morning and welcome to Concord Presbyterian's Easter, Sun, Easter season worship service. We are so glad that you can be with us this morning and join together with us in community of faith. All the liturgy this morning is led by our youth of the church and we are so thankful for the gifts that they bring to us. Today we're going to look at the story of Zacchaeus. The Zacchaeus who climbed up into that sycamore tree and we're going to talk about how we over our times and our lives have reclaimed our identity in Christ. And so I invite you this morning to sit and to wonder and to ponder and to meet the risen Christ who invites you home. Let us call ourselves to worship. God is in this house today, for God longs to be in relationship with us. God is in this house today, for God loves the sinners and the saints. God is in this house today, for God sees all, claims all, and loves all. God is in this house today, so let us worship holy God. That we haven't believed and trusted in God with our whole selves, and we haven't believed and trusted in who God has called us to be. And yet we know that God receives us with loving, open arms. And so we can go to God and acknowledge our need, our desire to trust again. Let us go to God in prayer. God, we, we confess. We are loose ends. You give us the gift of community, and we weave walls of exclusion and isolation. You give us the gift of a new day, 
and, and we spend more time unraveling justice than sowing seeds of peace and unity. You give us the gift of holy surprises and unimaginable beauty, and we shut off our hearts and our blindfolded eyes. Forgive us for our frayed ends and self-centered hearts. Unravel the sin in us and replace it with love. Gratefully, we pray. have been named and claimed as a child of God in the waters of baptism. You have been brought into the family, and so you are heirs of the kingdom of God and of the gifts that come through thanksgiving and forgiveness. And so today we can celebrate. And I say to you in the name of Jesus Christ that you are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. God, through your only Son, you overcame death and opened us the light of eternity. Enlighten our minds and kindle our hearts in the presence of your Spirit, that we may hear your words of comfort and challenge in the reading of the Scriptures. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, amen. Let's do our motions. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm coming to your house today. For I'm coming to your house today. Good job. Thank you very much. Okay.
I can't make motions and play at the same time. So your job's the motions, okay? All right. Can you show me the motions. Get the wee little man ready. Ready? Jericho and was passing through. There was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but he was not able because of the crowd since he was a short man. So running ahead, he climbed up a sycamore tree to see Jesus since he was about to pass that way. When Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down because today it is necessary for me to stay at your house. So he quickly came down and welcomed him joyfully. All who saw it began to complain. He's gone to stay with a sinful man? But Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, I'll give half of my possessions to the poor, Lord. And if I have extorted anything from anyone, I'll pay back four times as much. Today salvation has come to this house, Jesus told him, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. This probably won't come as a surprise to those who know me, um, but I was kind of a nerd in high school. Not kind of a nerd. I was a nerd. I <laughs> um, was talking to somebody the other day, and we were talking about lunch and cafeteria rules and all that stuff, and I said that I didn't know about cafeteria rules because I had lunch in the library. <laughs> I was pretty much, because um, that's where the chess club met. So I ate lunch and played chess during uh, in the library during lunch. So I was a little bit of a, a lot of bit of a nerd. And for a long time, that made me really uncomfortable because there wasn't at the time, uh, this geek culture that has grown up. It wasn't cool to be a nerd at all. It was, probably the worst thing you could be on the social ladder of high school. And so I sort of felt, always felt a little bit um, ashamed of being a nerd, a little bit like there was something wrong with me because I didn't fit into the right kind of slot in high school. And so I did what a lot of people do, I think, which is I did two things. One, I um, would make up stories to make myself sound cooler. <laughs> um, so I would, you know, pretend like I'd been to some concert I'd never been to, or um, that I won a medal in some sport before we moved or something, you know, just stories that would make me, or I'd reframe stories to make me sound cooler. Like I was less of a nerd and more of a, you know, cool person who went to the cool concerts. Or, I would do things that would make me cooler, right? So I would see what other people would do and I would try, I would do those things, even though they weren't natural to me, the normal thing that I would do in that situation. Um, so I would put on like a persona or pretend to be somebody else, somebody who was cooler, who um, 
fit into the right slots in the high school hierarchy. And I think that's sort of normal for most of us in high school. We try on all these different identities. And in college too, we try on all these different places for us to fit. And sometimes we do things that are outside of who we are because we want to be somebody different. We want to try to be someone else for a little while. And I think it's a pretty well-known concept. It's the idea of this imposter syndrome, that if we pretend to be somebody else, if we put on another identity, if we put on other labels onto ourselves, then maybe we can become those things. Or maybe nobody will notice that we're not those things in real life. It's easier sometimes to, pre to pretend or to let those labels speak for us. And so we become pigeonholed into being and behaving and acting in certain ways in order to fit the label that we want, that we would like to claim. And there are a few times in life where you have the opportunity to really reclaim, to reevaluate, to look at um, different ways of defining yourself. I think for many of us, when we become parents, that's when we redefine ourselves the most. There's that whole time while you're waiting for your child to be born, where you sit and you think about how you are living your life now and how your life is going to change in the future. You don't really know. And for the first little while of being a mother or a father, that you feel like um, somebody else, like you're playing a role, you know? Or the first time your kid calls you mom or dad and it felt a little weird because that wasn't the label that you we're used to applying to yourself, right? And sometimes we do it with our jobs. When we start a new job, we let that job become our new label. So um, we define ourselves as a lawyer or a doctor or an accountant or whatever it is. And we let those labels define how we're supposed to behave. Like this is how a lawyer is supposed to be, or um, you know, I should behave this way because I'm a farmer, right? And we let those labels define our identity. This morning we meet Zacchaeus. Now Zacchaeus, as we all know, was a wee little man, right? We know the story, Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. And we know that to be Zacchaeus's identity as a wee little man. But then when you actually go to look at the story, it's not clear that Zacchaeus is the one who is we. Did you notice that? It says Zacchaeus was waiting for Jesus and he climbed up in the sycamore to see him because he was a small man. Who is he? Is he Zacchaeus? Is he Jesus? Well, certainly not Jesus, right? Because Jesus is not we. There's no way. We were talking in Bible study the other night about our pictures of Jesus that we carry around with us. And I don't think any of us would picture Jesus as the short one. So we assigned shortness to Zacchaeus because Zacchaeus obviously was the short person because Jesus can't be small. That's not the picture we have of Jesus in our head. And then we go on to learn that Zacchaeus was a tax collector. And he wasn't just a tax collector, any old tax collector like Matthew was. Zacchaeus was the chief tax collector. 
And so we have this picture of Zacchaeus, the small man with Napoleon syndrome, who climbs up in the tree to see Jesus and is is only rich because he's greedy, because he's a tax collector and he participates in a system that's unjust. And he was not a nice man. He was a sinner. And so the miracle of the story is that Jesus stops to talk to him in the first place, right? Except that's sort of a bad rap that we've assigned to Zacchaeus. Sure, he was a tax collector and sure he was the chief tax collector, but that's not all that he was. And just because he was the chief tax collector doesn't mean he was greedy or selfish, right? Those are labels that we've put onto him. Because if you continue the story, what we hear is that Zacchaeus, even though he was the chief tax collector, despite being the chief tax collector, gave away 50% of his income to the poor. Now the Bible tells us that we should give 10%, that's our tithe, 10% of our income, of our wealth, to the needy and to the poor. And Zacchaeus says to Jesus, I give, I give half of my income to the poor. So he is, in fact, doing five times as much as the rest of us. And then he goes on to say, if I owe anyone anything, I pay them four times as much as I was owed. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty begrudging to pay my tax bill every year. I don't like to pay what, I'm owe, what I owe. <laughs> right? Or when we have to pay off our loan and we hate, we begrudge that debt every day, that debt payment we have to pay every month. I'm not paying four times what I owe to anything, right? And yet Zacchaeus pays four times what he owes. And so Jesus, as Jesus does, sees past all of the stuff of the tax collector, of the presumed greed, of his place in a tree, and he says, Zacchaeus, I see you, for you are a son of Abraham. Sure, you might be a tax collector, but you also are generous with your wealth. Sure, you might be short, but you are large in generosity and spirit and bravery. You see, Jesus claims him. Jesus sees beyond the labels that were assigned to him by society, maybe by himself. And he claims Zacchaeus is the son of Abraham. We are each of us created by God to be who we are, to have skills and gifts and talents and propensity to sin. We are claimed, all of us, by God just the way that we are, as who we are. And so whatever we are, whether we're a nerd or a jock or a cool kid who gets all the cool stuff, whether we're a tax collector or a social worker or whatever, 
whether we have 27 kids or we're a spinster, whether we had loving parents or not, whatever those labels are, whatever those things we used to define ourselves are, God created us to be, to be me, to be you. And so God invites us to see beyond the limitations that we give ourselves, the things that we put onto ourselves and onto others, the assumptions that we make of them, the way that we flatten people to make them easier to understand. God invites us to see beyond those labels, to see beyond the external markers, to see beyond all of those things to who God created each individual to be. And so when we come to worship, when we go to God in prayer, when we go to God in the reading of the word, we are invited to reevaluate, to reclaim, to maybe shed some baggage and identity labels that no longer apply. We come to worship and we pray and we sing and we say words and we meet God just like we meet, like just like Zacchaeus met Jesus on the side of that road. And we can, are given the opportunity to reclaim our own identity, to remember that we are a son of Abraham, that despite all of the things and the limitations that the world puts onto us. We are at the root, a child of God. That's okay. What will be left when I've drawn my last breath besides the folks I've met and the folks who know me? Will I discover a soul-saving love Or just the dirt above and below me? I'm a doubting Thomas I took a promise But I do not feel safe I pray for a slap in the face Then I beg to be spared Cause I'm a coward Nurturing God, on this Mother's Day We pause to remember the gifts of mothering And as we remember, we pause to give thanks For the ways you are a mother to us For nurturing us giving us the guidance and the freedom we need to grow in experience and wisdom, for comforting us when we are wounded in body or spirit, helping us to heal and be stronger for it, for believing in and challenging us, calling us to be more than we are, encouraging us to live out our potential, for giving us the swift kick in the backside that we need at times, 
not letting us coast, reminding us to keep trying and growing. We offer words of thanks. Gracious God, on this day we also give thanks for those in our lives who have been like mothers to us. Some of them are related to us through blood. Some of them have come into our lives through circumstance. Some of them have been part of our lives for decades. Some of them are new to us. But many people have nurtured, taught, comforted, challenged, encouraged us. Without them, we would not be who we are. And so we give thanks for them and all that we have learned from our interactions with them. And yet, in the midst of our thankfulness, we remember. We remember there are those for whom Mother's Day is difficult. There are those for whom the relationship between mother and child is strained or difficult or non-existent. There are those who are distant from their mothers and mothers distanced from their children by geography or illness or unhealed hurts or communication failures. There are those who have said farewell to mothers or children, not to meet again until we join in the life which lies beyond this life. For all these mothers and children who meet pain or struggle this day, we pray for comfort that they would know they are not alone. On this day, we also remember those who want to be mothers but are unable or those who still carry the wondering of having given up a child for adoption, or those who wish to know the women who carried them but never will. May they too know your peace. God of life, today and every day, we give thanks for the gifts of life. Today and every day, we also remember the people in the world who know more about curses than blessings. Today, we remember the roots of Mother's Day lie in women's grief bearing husbands and brothers and sons as a result of brutal warfare. And so we pray for peace and justice throughout the world. And so in the spirit of those roots, we pray today for a time when we live out Jesus' prayer that all may be one. This we pray in the name of the one who taught us about your love, your justice, your hope for the world, Jesus of Nazareth, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who Lord art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Let us offer our time, talent, and treasure to God. I'm a doubting Thomas. I can't keep my promises. Cause I don't know what's safe. Only of a little. Yeah.
supposed to help others find truth When I'm scared I'll find proof that it's a lie Can I be led down a trail dropping breadcrumbs To prove I'm not ready to die Please give me time to decipher the signs Please forgive me for time that I've wasted I'm a doubting Thomas I'll take your promise Though I know nothing safe always depend on my mother to be there for me through the good times and the bad times. She can help me get through anything. She sacrifices so much to make sure our whole family has the best life possible. I can always count on her for love and encouragement. She never fails to make me laugh, and she's the best cook in the world. She supports me in everything I do, and she made me the person I am today. I am so inspired by her strength, her work ethic, how she constantly puts others before herself, and the way she loves and cares for others. And someday, I hope to be half the mother. Hi, happy Mother's Day. I feel like Mother's Day is the one day a year where moms actually get the recognition they deserve for doing so much. Not only doing things that we see, but also doing things that we don't really notice until later in life when we're older and have kids of our own. I hope every mother feels loved this day, and I hope every mother knows how much their kids appreciate what they've done for them even though, obviously, we don't show it very often. Kids are really hard to deal with, and my mom had to deal with four. I Some people have had to deal with even more, which is crazy, and I don't know that I could ever do that. So moms are great. Moms are resilient. Moms are moms. Um, I'd just like to thank all the moms out there for Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, and thank you all for what you have done, especially my mom. My mom has helped me out through so much. And like, she cooks for me, cleans, um, work, goes to work, and everything else. And I am just so thankful for it. I love you. Thank you, Mom. And happy Mother's Day. Mom. Thank you for everything you do for us. Thanks for always supporting us during our sports or anything we want to do or accomplish. Thank you for doing anything for us, even when you probably don't want to. Thank you for sharing your unconditional love with us and with a lot of other people in our church family. Thank you for taking care of us and being the best mom that we could ask for. Thank you for all the moms out there that work so hard to make each, each one of their families as happy as possible. And we really appreciate the, all that you guys do for your families and for all the other families in this church family, or anywhere else for that matter. We really appreciate all that everybody does and how much everybody cares for one another. And you guys really bring out the best in each one of your children or any other family members that 
could ever say with in their lives. We really appreciate it and happy Mother's Day. Thank you for all you do.
now receives a benediction. May the grace of God, the love of Christ, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you now and into the life everlasting. Amen.